Hello and welcome to another episode of Two Guys and a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. And I'm Craig. This week we're going full on camp. This film uh, I chose, it's called Terror Vision. It's from 1986. This is one that was on the video store shelves quite a bit. It has a very iconic, I think iconic looking cover. Did you ever see that cover? Did you, did you remember it? No, I don't. I don't think so. Really? Oh, okay. I, I read in the trivia that the cover was designed, the poster was designed before the movie was even written. Yeah. So uh, clearly, it, it inspired the movie. Dolls was like that too. Another Charles Band production, right? That we. Yep. Yep. This is a Charles Band production, so this is what we get. His output is a bit uneven, tends to be campy, very low budget, but still a lot of the money that they spend on it really goes up on screen. There's a lot of special effects in this film. I don't know. I uh, my, my history with this is that my dad had rented it for me once when I was a kid. I'm not really sure why. I was pretty young when I watched it. I do remember that. It's rated R but it's a horror comedy, and maybe the only thing I can think of is that it's also a bit sci-fi, and so my dad, I think, at the time figured this would be the kind of movie we could watch together because he would also enjoy it, Mm -hmm. and I know. Okay, for first of all, I hadn't seen it since then. I mean, I haven't seen it since I was probably eight, (laughs) okay? And then now that I've seen it, I, I realize that most of the jokes in this movie, and it is crammed full of jokes, really lame jokes, went right over my head as a kid. Now that I watch as an adult, I'm like, I can't believe my I, my dad had me watch this movie. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is just full of sexual innuendo, dumb sexual innuendo, imagery and stuff. It's got some pretty gross moments, but I guess you could say it's not gory because all the grossness, it seems like they did a pretty... God... I am floundering (laughs) here to introduce this movie because (laughs) it is just a silly, campy, dumb movie. Yeah, it's one of the dumbest movies you've ever made me watch. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, what's funny is I remember it as a kid. Again, I'm just flashing back to these little things that I remember as a kid, and I just remember it being really off the wall, kind of nutso. And so I thought, oh, this will be kind of fun and unique for us to watch. And then when we sit down and we watch it, it's like, ugh, this is dumb. But the problem is it's, it's intentionally dumb. Yeah. It's like they're really trying hard to be stupid. And it's working. So it's going to be hard to talk about, I think. <laughs> Maybe yeah. not. But I mean, you know, it, it, how can we look at a movie like this critically? Right. How, what, what can we say about it? It's not saying anything. It's not trying hard to even be anything but stupid. Right. Which is why, like, I can, I always think it's really sweet when you talk about your dad running things for you guys to watch together. Because I know that he's not a big horror fan. Yeah. But he knew, he knew that you were. And so he would, you know... <laughs> Get, you know, <laughs> indulge rent, yeah, day. indulge you, and and that's really nice. And I've I've only had the opportunity to talk to your dad a couple of times, but he just seems like a really nice guy. I, I understand why seeing it at eight, like <laughs> aside from all the sexual innuendo, innuendo of which there is a lot, it it seems like a kids' movie. It does. Like it, it seem it seems like. Um, invaders from mars or i don't know something along those lines i mean one of the central protagonists is a kid a young kid and it's goofy looking monsters killing people in goofy ways like you said it's not particularly violent i mean there's a little bit of gore but it's not realistic gore it's it's not red right no right green goo all the time yeah it's just goo like you you don't really see any violence you just kind of see aftermath of what happens when this monster attacks people and it basically just you know turns them into puddles of sludge and and it's slimy and gooey but it's not scary and i can see a little kid liking the movie but but then it is just weird that there's also all of the it, there's so, it, it's so much sex comedy and it's like goofy sex comedy and <laughs> not not in any way titillating or sexy no. just like ridiculous <laughs> no I, I mean what was in the minds of the people making this i mean what were they going for 
that this is I don't know. my question because on the one hand when I started it up and I was watching it and I thought well this kind of has its pedigree in the types of movies that my dad had me watch a lot of those black and white 1950 yeah. style sci-fi films movies, which right. were often really silly like they were campy they were a certain kind of camp they were trying but you know they were just b movies and the those are even referenced in this film terror vision it's kind of about this alien that gets beamed into this family's house via the television and you would think that oh they're making some social commentary about te- television and all that i mean this is the mid 80s right so it's also kind of a prime television time anyway uh-huh. mtv was coming out and they even they even talk about that and and and, and so it seems ripe for some kind of social commentary on television, but it, there's none. No. There isn't really any. Then it's it's so sci-fi-y, and, I mean, it starts out on the planet Pluton or something, and there's a, there's uh-huh. a, a fake-looking, a really fake-looking model of the planet and this sort of goofy thing, which is it's the mutant sanitation, the mutant disposal unit or something. Yeah. And... <laughs> It's this guy that looks like a Klingon, is beams this alien out, this big, ugly, gooey-looking monster, and it bounces off of the planets. It's, it, like, beams it out as an electrical animation, electrical spark uh-huh. animation, and then it bounces, boing, 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 like a pinball yeah. among all these yeah. planets before coming to Earth. And, and so then I'm, I'm, th- I'm watching this, and I'm thinking, oh, so this is supposed to be kind of a throwback yeah. to those campy movies, but... Then it, <laughs> the family is just so weird, and the acting is over the top, trying to be bad. Intentional, yeah, it's intentional. It's all intentionally dumb and goofy and silly and bad. So it's not; it doesn't even work as a throwback to those movies, which were earnest. You know, they were bad, but they were earnest, and so. I know it is. I've been nervous about what we were going to say. <laughs> um, <laughs> Because the plot basically just comes down to the monster beams itself into their house via the television, and then hijinks ensue. The end, like, that's, I mean, there's not much to talk about. Oh, there's a lot to talk about. Well, I guess. I don't know. Um, This family uh, is weird, dude. I know they are, but what I was going to say was when I saw that bad um, other planet set, which you know, clearly looked like a model that, you know, some effects crew had put together, just hodgepodging things together. Like, one part of it is a model of the Starship Enterprise just flipped upside down and, like, kind of modified. And I wouldn't have noticed that, but then when I read it, I'm like, oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I I totally see that now. Um, When I first saw all that, I'm like, oh, this could be fun. Right. You know, it it reminded me of, um, was it Galaxy of Terror that we watched with Aaron Moran? Yeah. Where they had, you know, those same, similar cheap looking, but kind of fun looking set pieces and backdrops and things. I thought, okay, that's what we're getting into. But we leave space immediately and come to Earth where we meet this family. And everybody in this family, except for the grandpa who I didn't look into, but everybody in the family, there's a mom and the dad. Um, Raquel and Stanley, and then there's two kids, Sherman, who is young, like a, a, a young boy, played by Chad Allen, who was really the only one who I really recognized, because he ended up doing a lot of TV in the 80s. Uh, he was on um, that show Our House with Deidre mm-hmm. Hall. and He's so recognizable. The old yeah. guy from The Thing. I can't think of his name. Uh, uh, Wilford Brimley. Brimley. Yeah. yeah. He was on that show. He, I think he was on My Two Dads, which I really liked. <laughs> Foreshadowing. Um, but uh, and, and then there's a sister whose name is Susie. And I don't have written down the name of the girl who played her. Okay, Diane so Franklin. It's Di- Diane Franklin, who's been in a lot of stuff that we've seen. She was in... Mm-hmm. Um, 
Amityville 2. <laughs> yeah, she was the, the sister. <laughs> the sister <laughs> who boned her brother, right? Yeah. Um, and then she's been in lots of things. The mom, uh, Mary Warrenov, ha- has a very striking appearance. She's very tall and she has very sharp features. She's, she's beautiful. I mean, she's kind of exotic's not the right word but she has a very you know unique look yeah um and she's been in tons tons of horror movies if you're a horror movie fan you are gonna recognize this lady yeah and the dad garrett graham i didn't even look at the stuff that he's been in but i know that i've seen him in a million things he has a really distinctive face oh yeah he has almost 200 credits on imdb the guy's been all over the place yeah tv and, and movies and I wouldn't even say, I was getting ready to say, but I wouldn't even say, it's full of all these famous people. Well, they're not really super famous, they just work a lot. Yeah. Which is great and, you know, commendable. But seriously, having seen most of these people and other things, you just have to know from the get-go that they are hamming it up on purpose. Like, yeah ridiculous over-the-top reactions to everything the dialogue is just silly and stupid and they deliver it with such enthusiasm like (laughs) kudos kudos to you for doing what you were clearly here to do they were making a dumb movie and they knew it yeah Uh, and eventually uh the girl who you know is super 80s like punk like slash madonna cindy lopper <laughs> right inspired huge hair all different colors like the tutu skirts and and i mean it's great it, it's 80s i love that bit the kinds of things she's saying like grody and and i mean this is full of 80s slang and that was fun for me well I feel like it's full of real 80s slang, but then also slang that nobody ever did use, but it sounds so 80s that, like, you get the aesthetic. Like, eventually she has a boyfriend, I guess, for lack of a better word. This guy, his name is O.D. Okay. (laughs) His word for cool is rude like oh man that's so rude like (laughs) and he plays like a cross between like a heavy metal guy slash valley girl in the way that he talks you gotta come in my parents want to meet you oh wow what a drag and even him, even him I recognize. I'm like, who is that guy? His name's John Grise, and he is a working actor. He has yeah. done a whole lot. Um, ultimately, what I ended up recognizing him from was one of my favorite 80s movies, Real Genius with Val Kilmer. I loved, I still love that movie. He, I don't remember what the name of his character was, but he played this weird guy that like lived in like the underground system underneath the dorms of the college in this movie (laughs) and again i've seen him and other stuff and i've seen that he really can act like we're not talking you know royal shakespeare company but he's capable of acting and in this it's just hammy yeah and it's just i think it's hard for me to get on board with that in a movie. Yeah. If I'm seeing a if I'm seeing a play live in a theater and it's slapstick and it's goofy and over the top, I am on board. Like I am thinking, "Oh, look at these actors and, you know, going above and beyond to be silly and make me laugh." And there's something about that live experience where you're in an audience and the other people around you are laughing. And so you laugh because it's so silly. Meanwhile, I'm sitting and watching this movie at work on my break. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, this is so fucking stupid. Like, yeah. I just, I, uh, it was hard to get on board with. And it's a short movie and it was too long. <laughs> oh, it felt like ages. This movie felt like ages. I could not believe 
that it was short, only 100 minutes. Is that right? God. Uh, no less. No, it's an yeah. hour and 24 minutes. Yeah. And it, it felt like two and a half hours. It was it was a nightmare. Yeah. And, you know, I don't know. I, I, I It's just the way you, you can describe it is it's just like all the obvious jokes are thrown out. And that's what makes them bad, right? Like there's a Medusa on... Uh, sorry, there's a woman, like a horror host that pops on television that becomes a character in the movie later. And instead, like Elvira, except her name is Medusa. And at one point, they flips on the screen and Grandpa sees her and he goes, Will you look at those hooters? Holy tomato. I mean, that is what we're talking about here. It's mm-hmm. so weird that this movie goes to such great pains to avoid cursing and swearing that uses really childish substitutions. Yeah. And anywhere it can be thrown in, it's it's thrown in. You know? So people are saying, "My goodness." Mm-hmm. It, it oh god. Yeah, it's it's a it's a struggle. It's a struggle to even know what to talk about. So, here's my proposal. Let's <laughs> let's just real quick lay out the plot and then let's just talk about some of the interesting or funny things. Okay, so okay. um the plot is this alien monster gets inadvertently sent to Earth and it comes to them via their TV satellite. And as soon as it, like, through a bolt of what it looks like they assume is lightning, like uh, an electrical surge or something, it goes directly into their satellite. And before that, their satellite wasn't really working, but now all of a sudden it's getting great reception from all over the world. But it also gets weird stuff like just these images of these giant monstrous eyes looking out and stuff and like images of these big monsters. And they think it's programming, but they also think that it's weird because like nothing's happening. Like it's just an eye looking around an image of a monster, an eye looking at them or whatever. They also get like foreign TV porn which the <laughs> which they all stand around and watch together for a while like what yeah. like turn the channel your children <laughs> are there well come on these parents though they're not going to turn Oh I know the <laughs> I know I know and we'll that's one we'll of the get to big that. things that I want to get to but so eventually uh the parents leave and the sister leaves on a date, and so it's just the son and the grandpa there, and the monster comes out of the TV, scares them, chases them around in, in the silliest fashion. And, and I say chases, it doesn't really move. No. <laughs> like... <laughs> it's like there one minute, it's gone the next. I think it's zapping in and out of the TV, right? Yeah. And they have these t- televisions all over the house, and so that's kind of how it's moving around. Well, and when it does appear and you see it, it's all practical. It's a big, it, it looks like. It's huge. Uh, yeah, and it reminds me of, oh, I don't even know. It's just a big gooey pile, like a big, red, wet, gooey pile. Yeah, it's like The Thing, a uh, little shop of horrors. What was that one movie we watched uh, with that thing in the basement? I don't remember, but that's what I was thinking of, too. The thing Attack in the basement. Of the, it's a billion teeth and looks like a dick. It's, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's got, this one looks more like a pile of crap, but yeah. it, it's got like three eyes on its face, and then it's also got like a, an, eye on a an tentacle. arm with an eye on it that can move around. And it changes all the time. Like, it can shoot different things out of its mouth. Like, it has one tongue that, like, is obviously a glove that yeah. <laughs> has digits that can, you know, grab things and stuff. At one point, it shoots out almost like an alien-esque something out of its mouth that also has a head and a mouth and, like, eats somebody's face. and yeah. Um, and, and so it's not really mobile, like it can move around and, and they suggest that it's moving, like chasing people, but you don't really see it because it's really just this big prop, I'm sure with several people in there puppeteering it. It chases them all around the house. It ends up eating the grandpa. The parents end up coming back and bringing home a couple of swingers with them, which again, I want to talk about. I just feel like we can race through yeah. the plot because it's yeah, so yeah. easy. It kills the parents and the swingers. Um, the sister and the boyfriend come home, uh, and then like they get attacked by it, but then they domesticate it. Like, <laughs> start, the movie takes an and odd start, turn like, here. Feeding it. It's like E.T. all of a sudden. Yeah. <laughs> 
they well, they even make an ET reference. Um, and like they feed it, like start teaching it how to talk and it can say words like TV and they teach it its names and stuff. But <laughs> then it goes crazy again and it eats the boyfriend. And then the sister and the brother call the TV host Medusa and ask her to come. And oh, uh, eventually that alien. What? Yeah. Yeah. The sanitation worker who beamed him down there in the first place, who's who's been coming on the television repeatedly throughout giving warnings, warnings yeah. of, to earth or whatever like shut off your tvs and <laughs> close down your satellite dishes for the next 200 years so that this thing for 200 years <laughs> <laughs> he beams himself in there and he's talking to the kids and he's like okay i'm gonna go get it and medusa pops in and thinks that he's gonna attack the kids and so she whacks him over the head i, I love that part actually that was funny and instantly kills this guy <laughs> <It's> funny <laughs> Yeah, because she breaks, like, he's wearing, like, a full, like, uh, dome over his head, and she breaks it, and it, like, he's like, the pressure, and then his head, <laughs> his head explodes. explodes in there, and, <laughs> and then when he falls to the ground, the kid goes over there, and it's like, wake up, wake up, stay with me. <laughs> oh his, head, his head is just goo inside that dome. <laughs> and they're like, and the kids are like, what are you doing? You killed him. And she's like, uh, I saved you. And, she, and they're like, no, he was the only one who could save us. And then the monster bursts through the wall and he's got like vacuum power, <laughs> <laughs> which, vacuum which power. we've seen before. Like he can suck things in. And so he starts sucking everything in. And like we see Medusa and the brother and sister like struggling against it and then it cuts to black and then it's the next morning and Medusa's driver or producer or whatever is asleep in the car and uh <laughs> <laughs> we see the monster claw wake him up and then um it's like the Medusa monster because what this monster can do is it can like eat things and then like assimilate them into its own body and and kind of like mimic them or whatever mm -hmm. um and so the very last scene is half medusa half monster and she's like get me to the studio stat and then that's the end <laughs> that is the whole plot that's it. <laughs> that's, that's it. i think we fulfilled our duty here haven't we i mean <laughs> yeah yeah and and honestly that's all you need to know you don't need to watch the movie. No. You can fast forward through it if you want. Now you can tell your friends what it's about, and that's it. Yeah. But some of the funny, ridiculous things. One of my favorite things is that this is all staged on a set that is meant to be... So the, the directors or producers or whoever scouted all of these Los Angeles swingers bars and swingers pads um, because the parents are swingers to design the aesthetic of this house. And the aesthetic of this house is insane. <laughs> and no children like like the Department of Children and Family Services should be, should be called. Yeah. Because no children should be raised in this house where every wall is decorated in like wallpaper but like porn, <laughs> but like arty, like arty porn, arty like porn. art deco porn. Yeah, like <laughs> supposedly tasteful porn, weird abstract Salvador Dali stuff of like boobs sticking out of towers and things on every wall. And then it also has that kind of Roman aesthetic as well. Oh, th uh -huh. they also have a pool, an indoor pool. This house goes on forever. This house yeah. Is massive. I want to know what they do for a living. You say an indoor an indoor pool, which it is, because it is like the size of a small pool, but it's also like a jacuzzi. <laughs> <laughs> but and that's their that's the parents' what do they call it? Their pleasure, pleasure dome. Dome or their pleasure palace or yeah. something like that. Ta da! The pleasure dome. Wow! Magnificent architects, your Greek-influenced Roman guy, Roman all the way. And like the, the the daughter at one point after she introduces OD to the parents, she's like, "Can we use the jacuzzi later?" 
And the mom's like, no, we might be swinging later. Like, <laughs> they just talk about this stuff in front of their kids. And they bring swinger couples home with them while their kids are there. Like, and and the grandpa lives with them. And he has a fallout bunker. And yes. <laughs> like, what? Grandpa's like a retired veteran or something. And he's a little crazy. And he's kind of a survivalist thing. And he's doing this thing, which I actually thought was going to come into play later about lizard tails. He's going on and on about <laughs> lizard tails and how they regenerate themselves. And so they're an endless source of food and protein. And this is what we're all going to need to eat, you know, when the bomb gets dropped and... So he's got like a little business going, I guess, where he's raising these lizards and making lizard yeah. tail jerky. And uh-huh. I thought that was going to like actually come into play and not just be a quirky thing that grandpa does, but it didn't. No, you just see his tank full of lizards mm-hmm. um, at some point. But I did. I mean, a little stuff like that. It's goofy. It's funny to talk about. But in the context of the whole thing, it's like, ah, it's like it's just so groaner. Like, oh, OK, yeah. like he and the, the grandson sit watching TV, eating their lizard tail jerky. And he tells the whole story about, like you said, how it always regenerates. So it's an endless supply or whatever. And, and it's it's gross and stupid. It's it, it, on its own, it's funny, but just in the grand context of this ridiculous movie, it's just like, you're just rolling your eyes constantly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, like, so the house, it has all of that stuff. And it's, it's, I, I think that we're supposed to think that these people are at least well to do. Cause yeah. like you said, it's a big house. It's got a pool inside. It's got, Sculptures. um, a fountain, like an Aphrodite fountain, where water shoots out of her nipples, like yeah. <laughs> and this is just, and this is just all out on full display for everybody to see. They're proud of it. Yeah. Uh, the kids like just act like it's nothing. Like I guess they live there, so whatever. <laughs> yeah. Well, that then leads so itself stupid. to a ton of sex jokes, and I feel like it's more of a sex comedy a bad sex comedy than anything because most of what we described to you as the plot kind of revolves around these parents who brought their swinger guys home. One of them is a, at first I thought he was French, but then he turns out he's Greek. Ha ha ha. Which he makes a huge deal out of. Oh my gosh. That whole bit was tortured. It's torture watching some of this stuff. It's they bring this to this other couple over, and she has this real high mousy voice, and he's like, uh, I don't know, like Fantasy Island. Who was the guy on Fantasy Island? Ricardo. Yeah. He, he, oh gosh. He, he has that air. Montalban or something. Yeah, yeah, and he has that air about him, and also that look to him. Yeah. And the parents are just taking him around and showing him the place, and and it's these rooms go on and on, and they're making all these jokes and they're these insinuations, and they're showing him the television and his all of you know he's got. Uh, these giant remotes with 15 buttons and knobs and things on them and a little mini satellite dish of their own around the house, which he also uses to control like the mood lighting and the stereo system. And it's cute because it's, and when, it's eighties, you know, so <laughs> it is. But when but when you say giant remote, I imagine that people are thinking of like their great big huge cable company remote. No, this is like <laughs> a console bigger than a shoebox. <laughs> yeah, like it's it's huge. It should be on a desk, and it's plugged into the wall. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's so silly. silly. And they just, they eventually they end up like at one point, it's so dumb. Like, because the monster, when the uh, other alien eventually arrives, he explains to them that these creatures are called hungry beasts. And on his planet, they're domestic house pets like cats and dogs. (laughs) But. But if they eat, like, another organism and mutate... When mutation occurs, they must be exterminated at once. You mean, like, he was somebody's pet? Oh, yes. They're very lovable before they mutate. Okay, but, like, how did it get here? In our house? In the extermination process, they are converted to pure energy, beamed to the farthest reaches of the universe. It's really a very safe form of waste disposal. Except for the fact that it got zapped into your house and may destroy your planet. 
Uh-huh. At, at first, the monster, you know, is just oozing around, eating whoever it comes in contact with. But then once the kids domesticate it, then it's like the movie kind of tries to make it cute. And well. it's cute for a while, but then it sees the other alien on TV, and I guess that triggers it, so it freaks out and it kills the boyfriend. But then it just goes and hangs out in the pool and watches TV and, like, laughs at the TV. Like, yeah. It's just hanging out. It's watching, like, 1950s monster <laughs> movies and just watching TV while while the kids are just roaming around. Watching a- Yeah. Oh. Watching Alien Invasion B movies and and laughing at the UFOs like crashing into the Washington Monument and the White House and stuff like that. Oh, super funny! But eventually, the kid Sherman um, like tries to sneak up on it. By the way, <laughs> through this whole movie, this kid who can't be more than like eight is walking around with a machine gun. Yes. <laughs> the whole time. It never leaves his hands. I don't think it ever leaves his hands. <laughs> Even when they're domesticating it. The, it's his sister and her boyfriend who are out in the front, like, trying to feed it food and stuff like that. Food. This is called food. It's good for you. Yum, yum. Check it out, dude. Mmm, good. Food, mmm, see? It's good for you. Like vegetables. Mother says eat your vegetables. And he's still behind them, between them, pointing a machine gun at this thing. (laughs) And there's at least one point where they're fleeing from the monster, and the sister is fleeing first, then Sherman, then O.D. So O.D. is between the monster and Sherman, and Sherman is just opening fire with his machine gun. (laughs) And O.D. even says, don't shoot me, dude. (laughs) (laughs) It's crazy time. But eventually, um, Sherman, like, drops that enormous remote control into the pool and it like electrocutes the monster but the monster is seemingly indestructible yeah. they can shoot it with a machine gun they can do all kinds they can electrocute it they can do all kinds of things um and nothing works um, <laughs> the whole swingers thing oh god uh, that's it just it just cracks me up like that scene was maybe the worst of all of them uh. but it was one of the only ones that i kind of chuckled at like the parents are ridiculous in themselves, but then they bring home these swingers and like, it's so silly. Like, uh, the, the dad is just ogling Cherry. Who oh, you're right has this little voice and she talks like this. Like, it's, and she's an actress. I don't know what kind of actress mm. she is, but supposedly she's an actress. And then y- the typical smarmy European that we saw in 80s movies all the time. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this exact same guy could have played this exact same role in a dozen 80s movies. Yeah, and he probably did. He, he's he got a ton of credits, he too. Did. He's got a ton of credits. Alejandro Ray. Oh, God. Spiro. Spiro. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I make a wonderful margarita. Do you have any ouzo? <laughs> <laughs> and then he goes and he's pouring drinks for them, which is just pouring liquor from one bottle all the way up to the top of these glasses and then drops right. little umbrellas in each one. <laughs> I guess this was supposed to be funny, right? It's supposed to be funny. Yeah. He is talking with the wife while the father is, has left for a little while and the cherry is off, I think, at the pool hanging out oh yeah she goes out hanging out with the father and she's talking to spiro and spiro is sort of starting to hint at how nice looking stanley is or whatever like that and it's like what you don't mean you can't you can't gloss over this it's the only funny joke in the whole movie (laughs) when he's like 
So tell me, Raquel, is Stanley a manly man? Oh, oh God, yes. A real stallion. No, what I mean is, does Stanley take it like a man? Oh, yeah. I guess so. <laughs> I thought so. And what about you, Spiro? Are you a real manly man? Oh, yes, indeed. Spiro Xeros is the manliest of men. Spiro, do you think that maybe I could have a little sneak preview? Mm? Hey, Raquel, has there been some uh, misunderstanding? What do you mean? Well, I'm Greek, you know. Oh, of course you're Greek. It said so in the classifiers. Oh, don't worry. We're not prejudiced. No, 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 you don't understand. I am into Greek. Greek culture. I like boys. Stanley is such a manly man. <laughs> <laughs> like all Greeks are gay. Oh, my God. Oh, God. It's so funny and stupid. But as soon as I heard him say, can he take it like a man i'm like oh my god that is so stupid and so funny that was the only part that i thought was really funny well, about well what's hilarious is she's like um uh oh there's going to be a problem i need to tell stanley yeah. <laughs> and then stanley comes in and, and he leaves and she's like um stanley there's something you should know blah 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 in the meantime the girl's getting eaten by somebody by the monster at the pool. We don't see it. We, we don't, don't see, see that. But, um, but that scene, though, I kind of liked because oh, that scene was good. But just a second, yeah. Stanley and uh, his wife are chatting, and she's already told him this. And he he looks at her. He goes, "Oh, well, I'm just gonna have to go and have a talk with him about the facts of life." And I'm thinking, <laughs> what happened to this incredibly open-minded couple here? <laughs> right. Oh. So then they goes in, and there's the pool. And the pool looks like crap. It's all this stuff. And Stanley says, What the hell did that homo do to the jacuzzi? <laughs> I almost fell off the sofa at that line. Oh. That was funny. But right before that, okay, so what's what's his name? Spiro. Stanley comes in where Spiro and Raquel are, and Raquel says, oh, Spiro, maybe you better take Raquel her drink. She's in the pool. So Spiro goes in there, and she is in the pool, and she's sitting at the end of it seductively. But now, as never before, the pool is covered in a dense layer of fog. And it actually looked kind of cool. It looked like, great. We didn't see what happened, but you know what happened, because we've already seen that the monster, once it eats somebody, can mimic them. We saw that with the grandpa. And so you assume that... That's not really cherry at the end of the pool. Um, it's, it's the monster. And so Spiro takes off his clothes. Both these men end up in glorious 80s Speedos, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> and um, he's ripped too, man. He, well, okay, I. You didn't notice? <laughs> Oddly enough, I wow. wasn't paying attention. <laughs> I am shocked. You must have been looking away at Facebook I, at that point or something. I'm shocked too, I guess. Maybe I was just too hypnotized by the magic of the speedo to notice I don't know. um but like spiro uh gets into the pool with her and he sits down he's like Ugh, what is this algae and he pulls up this slimy goo out of the pool and he's like oh maybe it's sex lubricant <laughs> <laughs> And then he he starts making his way seductively towards her. And clearly his sexuality is very fluid. Good for him for being open because he uh, is ta he's saying to Cherry, maybe we should just have a quickie real quick before they get back. And he's slowly easing towards him. And she's basically just sitting there, but very seductively. Like you can only see her head. But her head is also kind of bobbing and moving in a very unnatural way, which I thought was a nice touch. I actually thought that was yeah, super creepy too. in a movie where there's not much of that. It was really creepy. 
Well, and it was subtle in a movie where there's no subtlety. Right. Like, it, yeah, it was. It was moving kind of unnaturally, but relatively subtle. And it was kind of, it was effective. I agree with you. But right as he gets close to her, these giant jaws jump up out of the water around him and clap around him. And it reminded me of Tokyo Gore Police. Tokyo Gore yes! Police! <laughs> I know. I thought the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> like the alligator vagina totally got him. And then they're dead. And then, yeah. And like you said, the other two come in and, and the parents come in and see that the pool is all gross. And then they're like, wait, is there something in there? And then they just stand there in shocked horror as the monster jumps up. Um, and, then we cut back to the kids who are in the bunker, I think, and they hear their parents screaming. Most of these deaths happen off screen. Yeah. Or the beginning of them happen, like you see the giant jaws clap around Spiro or whatever, but that's it. I mean, you don't see blood, you don't see... Well, you don't see people like agonizing in pain. A little really. bit. Like, I mean, it just happens. It, I mean, a little bit. Like Grandpa's death was, you know, that thing clamped his head, and it had a shot of his head almost like cave in. Right, his face kind of collapsed, and the green goo was sort of flowing yeah. out of him and stuff. So there's a little bit of that. But that was probably the best special effect. Was Grandpa's face, uh, like not? I don't know. It's like it melted off, kind yeah. of. Or just kind of it's like a balloon like peeled off. collapsing. I, I've thought of it more of like a balloon collapsing. Yeah, but again, but but no blood. No. The the only thing that you see is like green goo. No blood yeah. ever. The so then it's basically just the kids trying to figure out what they're gonna do and um, before they find the monster, I think mm. just as soon as the sister and her boyfriend get back. The, the kid is trying to tell them that there's a monster and it ate grandpa and it ate mom and dad or something. I don't know. The sister and the brother are just looking around the house and they end up at the parents' bedroom. Mm -hmm. And they knock on the door because they hear something in there. They end up opening it and they see <laughs> – now, mind you, all of these people have already been eaten. They see the mom and the dad in bed with the swingers. And the sister's like, ew, mom and dad, that's gross. And they're like, I don't even remember what they no, say. No, they say, uh, have like, you seen grandpa? <laughs> and then grandpa's then grandpa head pops, pops up from up. underneath the covers. Right here, sweetie. <laughs> Just taking care of business. And she, Ew, Grandpa, that's nasty. And then they just close the door like, ugh, that was weird. <laughs> <laughs> when the Grandpa popped up I left. from under the covers, yes. like, what were you doing under there? Like, <laughs> that was, was so hilarious. Gross. That was the funniest part of the movie, I thought. That was the only actual that joke part, I thought landed. Yeah, I agree with you. And that part reminded me of society. society yes. Um, and and I actually think that this movie has a lot in common with society. Yes. Um, but society as weird. It's one of the weirdest movies I've ever seen. But as weird a movie as it is in terms of quality above and beyond this movie. Well, that's interesting, right? Yeah, but it's different approaches. Yes. Like, this movie is clearly going for the comedy, whereas that movie was going for the shock value. Yeah, but but they both had kind of overacting, odd campiness, but it was it also was kind of held up uh, unease. It was like a structure that sort of just held up a weird unease about the movie, and like you said, at the end of the day, it got really shocking, and there was mystery to it. I mean, there was a real plot there. Yeah, uh, and right, and this it's like a this is like a couple thirteen year olds, you know, sat down and wrote this movie, which is fine. Like I was trying to think about what I was going to say about it because I would, I can't imagine a scenario in which I would ever watch this movie again. But I was trying to think when would be the appropriate time to watch this movie. If you were intentionally seeking out, like, 
let's get a bunch of buddies together and let's have a, a bad movie night. This would be fine yeah. for that. You know, like if, if if the whole point was that you just wanted to goof on something, um, then there's plenty of material here for that. It, it's silly and and stupid and but I almost can't even be too critical of it because I know that these actors and actresses are talented. I'm not gonna say that you know they're award-worthy actors and actresses, but they are consistently working performers. They know what they're doing, and they know what they're doing in this movie. It's schlock. It's stupid. That's what they're going for. And if that's what you're in the mood for, then great. I didn't know what I was getting into. You know, I was just going into it to watch a movie, and I just don't... I wasn't in the right mindset yeah, but it's not maybe it's not Naked Gun, you know. I mean, Naked Gun is dumb juvenile humor, but there's something way more sophisticated about it. The timing is good. Right. The jokes are silly, but somehow they land, and this is totally not. It's like they're not even trying to land. I don't know. I, I'm finding it really hard to describe, to be honest. Yeah. But once you see it, you'll know. Yeah. Hey, by the way, while you're watching this, did you uh, get the overwhelming urge to pop open a Heineken? <laughs> Heine? Yeah, I, I, I wish I had had, like, 12 Heine. <laughs> it was like one of the first lines of the movie when Dad was out in the back setting up that giant satellite dish was, hey, hand me a Heine, or I'm, I'm out of a Heine. And then another guy comes in and is like, I'm going to get a Heine. And they're sitting there drinking Heineken. Two or three times during the rest of the movie... They keep getting a hiney or picking up a hiney. And then during the Medusa call, when, when the kid calls the Medusa the second time, she's sitting there on the phone, and she calls for a hiney. And then the stagehand's hand pops into the screen to hand it to her with the label, like, flat out towards us. And I thought, did they somehow sponsor this? Get some product placement in here? Or are they making a joke about product placement? I don't know. I didn't put that much thought into that. That escaped you, huh? Yeah. Well, I mean, I I noticed they mentioned Heineken several times. Another interesting thing to me, like, I noticed, yes, I did notice that they were constantly referring specifically to that brand's name of beer. I don't know anything what that's about. But you mentioned Medusa. I feel like they're... First of all, if you're interested in trivia, you can read about how the casting was almost very different. Um, the woman who ends up playing, the woman who ends up playing Raquel, they originally envisioned her as Medusa. They, somebody else for Stan, somebody that, uh, we've seen a million times. All I can think of him from are, oh gosh, what, what, what's the faux documentary about the rock band? Why can I not? Spin- this is Spinal Tap. Spinal Tap, right? Yeah. Is that what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd something, I think, is his name. He was originally going to be... Harry Shearer. Harry Shearer. Harry that's Shearer. right. That's right. Was originally going to be standard. And and um, 80s rock uh, bad girl... Duh. God, what is her name? Belinda, Belinda Carlisle. Carlisle was going to be uh, Susie, which I totally could see. Um, I could see all of those things. But... The, the Medusa character was obviously inspired by those late night horror hosts like Elvira, but there were, you know, there's Vampira and, you know, even Rhonda Shear and Zachary. You know, all, yeah, yeah, all of those, all of those folks. She was clearly inspired by that. Those things are things that appeal to me. And had this movie not been so intentionally stupid, I think I would have really been on board with it. I love the 80s. I love 80s nostalgia. I loved the exaggeration of Susie's look, you know, because it was so yes. 80s, but it was over the top. I loved that. Um, I could have even gotten on board with the 80s aesthetic of the house if it hadn't been so over the top. But everything was so over the top that it just it didn't even feel <sighs> real. Yeah, it didn't feel authentic. Like, 
Yeah. I, I love yeah. 80s stuff and I'm, I'm, I'm totally fine. You know, the 80s were a really goofy time. You look at any of those yeah. old 80 movies and it was goofy. But this is just so in your face stupid that I just, it just wasn't for me. And I imagine, you know, this, this movie, it got pulled out of theaters after four days. I'm surprised it made it to theaters at all. Right. But it got pulled out of theaters after four days. But supposedly, there's a cult following for it, which really doesn't surprise me because anything this eccentric and off the wall um, tends to find a cult following. And that's great. And if you are somebody, listeners, if you are somebody who can enjoy the camp of this movie, I applaud that. I don't want to take – in fact, I'm hesitant to even steer people away from it because – if that's what you're looking for, if you're looking for camp, if you're looking for nonsense, something that you don't have to devote any kind of thought or attention to, I mean, that's what it is. Yeah. I don't think that I was in the right state of mind for it. Yeah. I was sober. <laughs> I was at work. <laughs> like, these, th- this did not create the experience that I think that you would need to intentionally create. If you want to have friends over and pop some popcorn and order some pizza and drink some whatever you want to drink and smoke some whatever you want to smoke and watch this movie while you can still goof on it and talk and not have to worry about missing anything important, I think there's an environment where it could be fun. Yeah. But I was not in that environment. And I didn't like it. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing else to add to that. That's how I feel. <laughs> Another one of my childhood memories <laughs> brought to the harsh light of reality. Destroyed, right? <laughs> but yeah, all right. That's all right. it. I'm done. <laughs> Wrap it up. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thanks again for listening to another episode. If you enjoyed it, please share it with a friend. You can find us online. Just search for Two Guys in a Chainsaw Podcast. You'll find our website, our Facebook page, and our Twitter feed. Leave us a comment there. Let us know what you thought of this movie in this episode. Give us some other suggestions for future movies to review as well. Until that future time, I am Todd. And I'm Craig. With Two Guys in a Chainsaw. <laughs>